from the fabulous and famous Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel in Dublin, Ireland. You're listening to the award-winning What's the Story podcast. Now, here's your hosts, Danny Murray and Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello and welcome to chapter 41 of What's the Story podcast, WTS pod, brought to you in association with Fitzpatrick's Castle Cliney. Check out FitzpatrickCastle.com. Great place, love it up here. My name is Danny Murray and he's here alongside me as always, the wonderful Graham Merrow Merrigan. Hello Danny. How are you? Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good man, yeah I'm good. Bit of a bit of a strange week. Yeah, has been. But we shall deal with that as this chapter goes on on um as we said fitzpatrickscastle.com here in the beautiful surrounds of south dublin it's great now with the uh the little bit of the bright night coming in our view yeah, gets better every week we've beautiful view of the what dublin bay would you say it is yeah definitely done Leary harbour and out towards dublin bay then mm. great picture blinds are open for the first time yeah it's great um, we have windows now. We didn't have them previously. In our old gaff. Or a shutter. Um, but yeah, anyway, look, they're celebrating 45 years up here this year. Um, next next month in May, actually. 45 years of the borough. Why don't you pop up, say hello, get involved? It's going to be a crack, I'd say. Have some food. Always have food. Always Afternoon have food. tea. But come here to me, Graham. As much as I love Fitzpatrick's Castle, do you know what else I love? What? Dogs. Dogs? Yeah, people who are regular listeners will know that. I love dogs, man. Yeah. I'm actually fan. have a I have a bit of a um ongoing online I wouldn't say feud, but <laughs> Okay. Um Ash the Bash Daily loves cats. I love dogs. So she says cats are better than dogs, so it's not a chance. Oh, she real cats, real dogs, real kind of yeah, girl, is Yeah, she? so I keep tagging her in cute dog stuff. Yes. So I'm basically winning about 115 to 3. Good show. Because show. all yeah. she has is three stupid cat videos. Uh, yeah, my girlfriend has a cat, and she's oh. a, you know, she seems to be more of a cat person than a dog person, which upsets me greatly. But And do you uh, see the cat when you're there? Yeah, it's the most indifferent animal I've ever met in my life, really? ever. Like, it just kind of struts into it right what really annoys me is you'll be asleep of a sunday morning and you'll hear just this little and it's this big boots of a paw that it has tapping on the door to like knock the door open to get into the room uh, it'll wake you up down that it'll come in wander around the room for a minute or two and then just walk straight back out and you're like, you literally came in here to wake me up, you little shit. You little shit. So what was the point? What, what, see, dogs are used to, or cats are used to this. At least if that was a dog, I'm saying this, I have never owned a dog, but they're yeah. going to do that. They're going to jump all over you, make you they're feel They're going to at least walk over and kind of like, here, pet me a bit, will you? Oh, I mean, dogs need, dogs need love. Dogs are great, man. Yeah. Did you ever see but a British bulldog smile? Yes. <laughs> they're great. Did you ever see the videos of uh, the French bulldog? Farting and scaring itself. No, it's great. Just YouTube French bulldog farts. Great. <laughs> if you're looking at that after this, it's literally just walking along. It's just little, <laughs> and then it just kind of looks behind it. Just say, "What was that?" It's great crack altogether. But come here to me on a serious note about dogs. The reason I'm bringing it up, and um, there is a couple in uh, South Dublin, right. Tala actually, uh, who have uh, they're not a registered charity, but they do a lot of good work for dogs. Dublin Husky Rescue. Essentially, um, it's two people who... Dublin Husky Rescue. Dublin Husky Rescue. They're on Facebook. Check them out. Dublin Husky Rescue on Facebook. 
two people who basically names as it all they rescue huskies huskies have a huge abandonment rate because people get them not knowing what they're getting into huskies are they're, they need to be walked two or three times a day don't they ah, they need they need a lot of a lot of, of attention like that look they're rewarding i would say they're part wolf they're deadly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but they're great they don't want to be commanded they'd rather have a companionship rather than an owner if that makes sense mm. So anyway, there's a lot of them being abandoned, and these lads are going around, one, rescuing them from whatever they're being abandoned, but also rescuing them from pounds to try and rehome them. They hang on to them, they look for foster homes for them, they pay vet bills for them, they look after them, do a lot of great work, they're, they're rescuing a lot of dogs, and um, I just think it's a good cause, man, because I'm a dog lover, we're both dog lovers on this podcast, so I'm just kind of saying, look, give them a look on Facebook, they're doing a bit of fundraising, they're looking for a few different things. And uh, just as we're talking about this, there is a giant. Is that a cat? That is a cat, isn't it? Yeah, it is a cat. The size of it. It's rotten. It's actually. It's like a bear. It's the state of it. That's the biggest cat I've ever seen in my life, man. Is that a cat and a mountain lion? <laughs> it's a mountain lion of its magics. <laughs> <laughs> the Cliny Hill mountain lion. It's like the Craggy Island beast out there. <laughs> Sorry for people. It this. was bigger. It was bigger than your average cat, anyway. Yeah, it was huge, like that. I would have gave my Labrador a run for its money. Ah, no, it wasn't that big. Ah, Graham, it was huge. Did you see it? I'm still looking for it out there. Cleo's a walrus. She is a I'm walrus. I'm still looking for it, so it's not that big. It's after going behind a car. And it's a big 4x4. Four four. It's not like it's a Nissan. Oh, you're after hiding behind. <laughs> Sorry, see, this is what happens when you have windows. We get distracted. <laughs> this is why Lindsay used to put us in the gym where there were no windows. Because we couldn't get distracted by the outside. Something shiny. You literally just pointed us like, is that a car? It's an audio presentation. <laughs> People can't see this. We no. got right anyway. Dublin Husky Rescue on the Facebook. Give them a look. Um, Andy and Karen are the two people who look after it, and uh, they're doing a lot of good work. If you're a dog lover like myself, check them out. If you can help them in any way, do. If you look, if you're thinking about getting a dog, why not give them a show? Go meet some of the dogs. Maybe they could do it. You know, fostering or rehoming. Or do a bit of research before getting dogs. There's no point in getting a yeah. dog, and then if you can't look after, or you didn't think there's going to be veterinary bills, you didn't think all this sort of stuff. Uh, yeah. Like that, you needed to get dog food, and that you didn't. You know, some some families may may cook for an extra person for the dog, but like they need dog food. <laughs> yeah, look, they're a non-profit organization. Um, it consists of just two volunteers, the rescue abandoned huskies. And they try to look after them and try to rehome them. I'd love a dog, man. So, look, get in touch with them if you are thinking. Don't shop, adopt. That's the message for people looking for dogs. I'd get a... a did you ever see those Bordeaux dogs? Bordeaux dogs? The Bordeaux the dog thing. I think that's Bordeaux what, the dog? I think that's what they're called. <laughs> um, I can't say that I have. They're really like... They're really like Turner and Hooch. Ah, uh, oh man, I only watched Turner and Hooch the other day. I um, forgot that Hooch dies at the end. <laughs> I only got a little bit teary with Spoiler alert! Everybody has seen Turner and Hooch this stage. I haven't seen it in years. There's still a happy ending for those of you. Don't worry. Like, it is sad when Hooch dies, but don't worry. There, there, there's a twist and it's great. Zombie dog. The big uh, saliva hanging out of my mouth. Big slobber dog. I want to see if this is the dog. Um, Bordeaux. This is great, Grant. A lot of dead air there. Cheers, man. Sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> He's typing his into his phone, just staring into it. Like. I need to show you because they're the cutest things in the world. Yeah. Oh, look at them. Hang on, give me a look there. They are real Turner and huge type dogs, yeah. That, I'd love one of those, man. Yeah. Lads, you need to Google that. I think they're part of the Mastiff family. 
Maybe they are bull mastiffs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But come here, moving away from dogs, Graham. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. made the news last week. He did, yeah. And I absolutely love and adore Bruce Springsteen. As Protest. You know. I never I never got into Bruce Springsteen, not because love I don't him. like his music. I just... Just kind of passed your boy kind just, of thing. Yeah, it just passed me by. Yeah. I'm not saying his music is crap or I dislike his music because I haven't properly listened mm. to it. The, the songs that I have listened to, I, I have um, liked. Yeah. So even more so, that what, what he did last week, uh, last Friday, impressed me. Yeah. It wasn't the... Uh, it wasn't a biased thing, like if Christy Moore did something, people say, Jeez, you're only doing that because you love Christy, Christy Moore. But, um, yeah, fair play to Bruce. Yeah, like so essentially, uh, the state of North Carolina in America has some weird law that basically transgender people can't use the bathrooms that they identify to. They have to use the bathroom. Of They've the only state. brought it in, haven't they? Yeah, and as well as that, you can't sue for discrimination or something like that. Some weird... Yeah, yeah you have less rights yeah, if, now, if you want to sue for discriminatory reasons in, in the workplace. Yeah, now the the governor who's Republican has backtracked a little bit. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but they have backtracked a little bit because on the back, and this is this is brilliant, by the way, because some people on the Facebook and whatnot were saying, oh, he's a rock star. What's he getting involved in this kind of thing for? This isn't what he should be doing. and This is just narcissism because he thinks he has power and all that. Like, really, really negative towards it rather than looking at the bigger picture and saying... The only reason you're able to talk about this, and the only reason you know about this, is because he has cancelled that concert. Yeah, you wouldn't have known about the law otherwise. Exactly, and don't act like you would have, because you wouldn't have, right? The beauty of this, though, is off the back of Bruce doing it, Brian Adams cancels a concert due to similar reasons. Ringo Starr cancels a concert in North Carolina for the same reason. But probably the biggest thing, Deutsche Bank announced they're going to freeze plans for 250 extra staff to be hired in the North Carolina office until this is sorted out because they don't believe in discrimination. So that's 250, that's a direct hit on the economy. Mm. So whatever about the money lost through concerts, 250 jobs. Hey, fair play to them, I say. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. So, you know. I don't see how you can criticise it, like, to be honest. I don't, it just shows that sometimes actions do work, like, and I think... It also shows the how people are so cynical at times. Yeah, 100%, yeah, yeah, it does. Absolutely it does. But I think the, the, the thing I'm trying to point out is... People are saying, oh, don't, I wouldn't say his fans are too happy in, yeah, but in North like, Carolina. But that had, had purchased tickets to go and see him. Yeah, like, in fair, i seen a couple of people tweeting about it online. i seen uh, Nils Lofgren, one of the guitarists in the E Street Band, kind of saying, look, sorry, but when we believe in something, we believe in something. Um, So they just went for it. Uh, one guy tweeted them basically saying like oh yeah that's great but I travelled from England which uh, you know I can kind of understand him if I travel somewhere for look we've been there at UFC events where the main event gets cancelled and fair enough the whole thing doesn't get cancelled but yeah. you know it's not it, what it, it has the, the whole event has been cancelled though in previous the, times the John Jones one yeah, yeah. Toronto but, yeah but as I was getting at is like we still got to see a fight card whereas this guy travelled all the way from England to, to see, see Bruce concert, only to be told Nope, that's being pulled. You but know. look at the bigger picture, like you said. I was going to say, yeah, you know. But, look, I, I think fair play to Bruce Springsteen and the members of the E Street Band and everybody else that's followed suit and said, you know what? Ringo look, Starr's followed suit, hasn't he? Ringo Starr, Brian Adams. Uh, I don't think Brian Adams is the exact same. I think he cancelled somewhere else. Mississippi. For, for something similar. Yeah. And then Deutsche Bank. And I'm sure more going to follow because now they're kind of like, do you know what? No, people have the power. Like, am I going to yeah. do this? Paddy Smith song, is that that song? Hmm? People, people have the power. Great song. Oh. People have the power. <laughs> What's your favourite Bruce song? It changes from time to time. 
to be honest with you. At the moment, I've been listening a lot to uh, Live in Madison Square Garden 2001. And there's a little trifecta in there of a song called Youngstown, which rolls straight into a song called Murder Incorporated, which rolls straight into the Bruce classic Badlands. Just those three together, man. <laughs> Love it. I don't know if I could pick one as my favourite. Um, now what? The River's a cr- cracker of a tune. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't just pick one Bruce Springsteen song. Anyway, look. Robbie Keane's a legend. <laughs> yeah, did you see the clip? Great clip, man. Great <laughs> clip. Um, if you haven't seen it, or if you don't know what we're talking about, essentially, um, a little girl got very, 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 very upset uh, due to Robbie Keane being injured. So, Robbie and LA Galaxy organised for her to come over for a match and meet Robbie. And the video would warm the cockles of your heart. Did you actually... Uh, LA Galaxy released the video and then kind of split screen to Robbie meeting yeah, the young yeah. girl. But Robbie Keane on his Facebook page shared the actual video... Right. The full video yeah. of the little girl crying and yeah. just she just wanted to be comforted and all. Yeah, it was yeah. hilarious. And our mom's like, Tom. what do you mean? She's like, Robbie Keane's not going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Deadly. It's, it's great though. Because like, we've talked about it before, like, you know what I mean? That when you see a decent side of a celebrity, do you know what I mean? It can make a world of difference kind of thing. Yeah, well, Rob, Robbie's always a gent, isn't he? I was going to say, you know, I've never heard a bad word said about him, actually. Well, it's going to be great when we see him actually lifting the Euros. Of course it Trophy will, yeah. in, in the, in the Fantastic. summer. Fantastic. Absolutely, like, he deserves it. Scarlet for the other teams even showing up, like. Oh, man, I don't know why they're bothering. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But, well, one of them should, so we can at least... It could, be the, could be the new Greece. Could be what? the Greece of 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. 2004. Edit that. <laughs> 2004. You could be the Greece of 2004, Graham. You're right. Couldn't yeah. he? Yeah. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Oh, stop. Do you see the... the do you see uh, the country getting behind the team in terms of ah, bunting... Yeah. Bunting and yeah. Tricolors. Every major tournament we get to, there's always a great atmosphere didn't and a bit of crack. so yeah. much in 2012, I didn't feel. Oh, I thought there was. I thought it was great. Uh, cracking atmosphere. Oh, there was, but I didn't. Like, the estates and all weren't as decorated as they were before. No. 2002, it was amazing. Yeah, but it's, it's I suppose, more modern Ireland is, I don't know, I guess, you know, we're in a much more multicultural society now, so... Mm. Whereas beforehand, you nearly have the entire estate willing to paint, paint their houses green, white, and orange. Like, yeah, exactly. You don't really have I that did my chair green, white, and orange in 2002. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but what I liked actually about 2012, and I hope to do it properly this time, was this development of like fan squares, like yeah. out the Docklands and that. Like, I think that's a great did idea. Did you go out to them? Yeah, I did, because at the time I was out in the Sunday World. And um, I had to go out and do a ride up from one of them and that kind of thing. Oh, like, so. yeah, I think you said that before, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Going from Robbie Keane being a legend to one Irish person who has maybe made everybody else like I don't think there's enough cringe. skin. I don't think there's enough skin for you to cringe in uh, with this one. Uh, Beno of U two fame. Now I'm a you. I'm going to have to knock on your hoodie off the chair. Apologies. Um, I'm a huge U two fan. I've often defended Bono. Beno. Beno. But um. Bono. Oh no. Yeah, Bono indeed. Um, even I'm a little bit kind of like ooh. Um, Bono. Saying, in order to defeat ISIS, we should defeat them in comedy. Why not send over Amy Schumer and Chris Rock? And Sasha Baron Cohen. And Sasha, Sasha Baron Cohen. And Borla. Um, Ali G. Ali G. Yeah. Like, uh, he's, he's saying it, uh, he's obviously said it tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek. Yeah, why yeah, is he even at that? I don't know. And look, I can kind of see what was it, from. though? What do you mean, what was it? Like, what? It was a, an American kind of uh, committee 
yeah. talking about terrorism. Yeah, I think. Why was Bono there? Doesn't he go to all these international committee things because you know he has a lot of sway and a lot of pull and all that kind of crack? And doesn't oh, he just stick to the bleeding music, man? No, see, but that's that's the argument. Then, like, look at the Bruce Springsteen example that we were talking about earlier on, where he doesn't very well. Whereas in this case, maybe it wasn't done as I well. Understand, hundred percent your point. Yeah, but can Bono defeat terrorism, um, extremism? I think he might get them to tap out. With, <laughs> oh Jesus, will you shut up? Just give give them all U2's I, last album ah oh, hell U2's last album was a good album <laughs> it, actually, it actually was good yeah, was say, no line on the horizon yeah, that was mug they that heap of poo <laughs> um, but look I, th- look I can see yeah look it was tongue in cheek and I do think he has a point in this kind of you know because we're giving them the power of fear then that harvests more whereas if you just kind of say lads what are you so bitter what are you so angry about and make them laugh look I think Billy Connolly had a thing about it, about kind of like, if you only ever read one book, of course your head's going to be messed up. If all they've got is that one book, of course it's going to be messed up. We yeah. should drop a load of Agatha Christie novels on them. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Which, you know, look, uh, be what into whatever you're into. When I seen it, though, I was cringy. I was like, what? Yeah, same. I was just kind of going, what was he doing there? At least, right, in, in, in a total other comparison, Russell Brand um, spoke at the... Uh, British House of Commons kind of yeah. committee for for drug task. Now he was a drug addict, so he is experienced and somewhat. Right. Like what's Bono's experience with fighting terrorists? Fighting terrorists. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't. It's like just, what? it's just like with the Russell Brown, the Russell Brown when he spoke quite intelligently, yeah. and he made sense. Yeah. But when you see now Bono, I don't, I didn't see Bono's talking before no just reading that was enough for me to cringe yeah so, so it was cringing so like I'd like to see what he said before that no actually I wouldn't um, <laughs> just play the bleeding songs man yeah look stick I, to the music I can see the point he was trying to make I just think it was an awful awful way to do it and I just think it was kind of very much so ah oh, Jesus will you stop do you think it was bad taste why would it be bad taste just because of victims he's, he's is he making no I don't because I don't think he's making I don't think it's obviously intentional but like no, I, could, I, could you see why a victim would be um, offended by mm, such remarks apparently speaking no because it's easy for I, us though because we're not victims well, that, yeah alright that's fine but I do think that's a little bit PC gone mad okay. to be like I, I just I noticed when he said it there was like people in suits in the background kind of going oh <laughs> there yeah funny. but I don't think he was saying like you know, we're going to stop the the November 13th attacks in Paris by making people laugh. I don't think he was saying we're going to stop the recent attacks in Belgium by making people laugh. I think it was more so the general point of we're empowering these terrorists because of fear. We're giving them what they want through fear. We need to teach... Like, the world would be a sad place without laughter kind of thing. Yeah. I'm not saying... Like, I, I completely cringe at what he said. But what I'm saying is I don't think it was offensive or I don't think it was in any way... I don't think it was what's, offensive. I'm just what's I'm wondering what for? victims find it offensive. Would vic- victims find it yeah, offensive? I'm, I'm not a victim, so I can't say. But personally yeah. speaking, me, no, I wouldn't. I you were, me and you were just cringes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think th- there is a point to what you're saying, but I just think you made it very, very poorly. Mm. One day I'm going to remember to say, and now a little thing I like to call housekeeping, because <laughs> I haven't done that in weeks, and people keep saying to me, we miss when you used to announce housekeeping. Now you just announce housekeeping is over when we haven't even realised you're in it. <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah, so apologies, lads. I've, I've lost a run of myself. Just yeah. do a whole episode of housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this week we can't, Graham. Um, it's a bit weird. Like uh, I, I can even sense my own tone is a bit off on this because it's been a strange week. Um, 
you and I are both big MMA fans. And the news that came out over the last week of Joe Carvalho, and I hope I'm saying his name right, it's the least he deserves. Um, tragic, sad. Look, there's not enough words to describe what it is. Mm. Um, there's tragic, no, I think, is good there, word to yeah, describe. Yeah, th- th- there's no... There's nothing we can say to try and justify it. There's nothing we can say that'll make it better. There's nothing we can say that ultimately is going to bring a man back to life. And at the end of the day, that's what all this boils down to, is that a man lost his life competing in... Something he loves. ...in a sport that he loved. And I use the word sport intentionally. It's been a strange week in the sense of... We've seen a lot of people who, I guess you could say, aren't supporters of mixed martial arts. Have never been supporters of mixed martial arts. Having quite a lot to say. And we're fortunate in the sense that we have a lot of articulate people in this country who are able to express opinions. People like Ashling Daly, people like John Kavanagh, people like Dan Healy, neurosurgeon, who is also training in SBG, um, and people like P.C. Carroll. Now, P.C. was due to join us this evening, but his niece his first niece was born um so unfortunately he couldn't make it but look congratulations pt we check out his article on news talk exactly and um, he wrote a brilliant piece on newstalk.com regarding this and i'd highly recommend checking it out i suppose his uh, pt's piece was in response to minister ring's performance on off the ball it was it was a re- pt's piece was a reactionary of his some of his comments yeah like the, the Minister Ring thing, right? So he was on Off the Ball and uh, News Talk Show, News Talk FM, the same radio station PT wrote this piece for that's on their website. Um, like, I still, I'm still not 100% sure how to take this whole thing with Minister Ring, basically. Yeah, well, I mean, his, his performance on Off the Ball was, I think it possibly was ill-advised and it was probably too soon or there's some aspects that I don't think he was thinking before he spoke things like I saw this coming yeah you don't need to nobody needs to hear that at this time stuff like this isn't time for an I told you so yeah it's not the time for an I told you so it's not the time for that I was right you were wrong it's not the time for gloating what it is is a time for one paying respects two acknowledging there may be a problem and three working towards finding a solution yep. to that problem. We did contact Minister Ring's office to see if we could, one, get comment, or two, even have him on. We did ask. We were the client. Um, so through John O'Murray then, we managed to get this letter that Minister Ring had announced on Off the Ball that he had sent to, was it, 17 um, 17. Will I list off the 17 organizations or will you read the letter first? Um, we'll, list all, we'll, we'll read the letter first and then yeah. we'll list off the organizations. So this is dated from the 20th of February 2014. Um, and it comes from, it's on headed paper, um, Office of the Minister of State. So this is before, department. this is before, say, just to put a time on it, this is before Conor McGregor would have headlined UFC Dublin. Yep. And that was that July. Yeah. So this is the February. This two over two years ago now. Yeah. Um, it's as I said, it's on headed paper. It comes from the Department of Transport, Tourism and Sport, Officer of Office of the Minister of State, rather, dated twenty February two thousand fourteen, and it reads: 
My attention has been drawn to the growth of MMA slash cage fighting in the last few years. I've been informed that there are commercial operations running for profit events in Ireland over the coming months. As Minister for Sport, I'm writing to remind you to expect the highest possible safety and medical standards at these events when held in this country. I would ask you to look to comparable safety standards as exist for sports such as rugby, horse racing, professional boxing. Factors such as participation of minors and appropriate insurance cover are also important. I, as Minister for Sport, am committed to managing acceptable risk in sport. Organisations and promoters are expected to live up to their responsibilities in this regard too. With best wishes, Michael Ring, TD, Minister of State for Tourism and Sport. So, yeah, it's... it's do you t- what do you think of that letter? Is it is it just to cover your own back? You know, yeah, I was going to say, the first thing that stands out to me about that letter? What? Nowhere in that does it say, I'd appreciate you responding to me to it to talk about safety. Nowhere yeah. does it say, I would expect a meeting or nowhere does it say i would like to meet and talk to you about safety standards or i would like to enact a standard set of safety across this sport nowhere in that letter does it say anything about working towards regulation exactly so letters were sent to the following 17 commercial mma promoters that were operating in ireland in february february 2014 Cage Contender, Immortal Fighting Championship, Nemesis Fighting Championship, Rage in the Cage Promotion, Evolution Fighting Championship, Euro Fight Night, Soul of the Warrior Promotion, Celtic Gladiator Promotion, Man of War Fighting Championship, Cage Gods, Drada MMA Fighting Promotion, Cage Warriors Fighting Championship, Rumble in Rush, Ryoshin Fighting Championship, Battle Zone Fighting Championship, Cork, Battle Fighting Championship, Baldoyle, Evolution Fighting Championship. So I have to say, when Minister Ring was on off the ball and he said, I wrote to 17 <laughs> promoters, yeah. I thought he was talking out his ring. Talking out his ring. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Ring. <laughs> didn't even cop that. Yeah. I thought he was bluffing. I did also. I didn't think the letter existed, if I'm being honest. And yeah. credit to him, he did write a letter. He did send to 17 organisations. Now, we've only received these details a couple of hours before we are recording this, so we didn't have a chance to try and follow up with anybody to see if, to they, see responded if they responded to or what the story was. And as I said, if I'm being 100% honest, um, we sent an email to the minister's email address asking for a comment or asking if he'd come on to the podcast. We didn't receive a response initially, so I contacted his doll office which I was told, I'm sorry, those requests have to go through his local office. And I was given a phone number for that. Yeah. I contacted, and the woman that I spoke to, if I'm being 100% honest, was quite dismissive, and basically said, yes, there'll be a response sent to your email today, okay? And that was the answer I got, and then the email we got was too long in saying, Minister will not be available for comment. Or, or, or interview. But see, he changed his channel the next day after his appearance on Off the Ball because yeah. on Off the Ball he was like, I don't think this is going to be regulated. And then the next day he was like, I'm going to speak to John Tracy, CEO of Sport Ireland, and we'll get it regulated. Yeah, well. Or we, we'll work to get it re- regulated. And then, um, wasn't John Tracy on. John Tracy appeared on RTE, I think, um, and basically said. Um, 
the no place for unregulated MMA in Ireland. So yeah. he he's saying that so I'm just going to read the quotes. He's saying the sport is an extreme element of sport, so mm-hmm. there are dangers there. This is something that needs to be looked at closely, and we need to look at what they have in place and examine it. If we bring forward guidelines and codes of practice, and they are not followed, then I think there is no place for it in Ireland. It's as simple as that. Um, he said the high risk sport needs to be examined carefully, so that fo- so that safety of fighters is paramount. Now, I think like some of the language in that is just a bit like like there's no place for it in Ireland. You see, here's the thing. It's and thing I, is, I, if I, you I, don't regulate it, it's just gonna it go underground and it'll be yeah. Look, there's a co- it'll be worse. The, the problem has several facets to it, and one of them is the fact that if it's not regulated, you're opening yourself up to these issues. Regulating it means, and I have to say, in fairness, there are people trying to do a lot of good work with this. Mm. You know, safe MMA is is a hugely, hugely important. Yep. Thing and which is voluntary as well, isn't which it? is voluntary as well. Um, and I'm not going to pretend like I know everything about it because I don't. I literally know what I have read in the last week. I'm not going to pretend like I was a huge authority on this or a huge amount of knowledge that I possessed before this tragic event happened. I didn't know about it. I know about it now because I've read about it. I know about it now because a man has lost his life. So I'm just as ignorant as anybody else in this, but. I don't think anybody should be out there point scoring. I don't think anybody should be out there and saying, i seen this coming. This is nothing but a bloodthirsty, horrible thing to watch and people should be ashamed of themselves and this needs to go away now and we can't have this and blah, 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 blah. Cool your jets. Let's just stop for a minute. Let's just put things into perspective here. The letter Michael Ring sent in 2014 raises concerns. Absolutely, I don't disagree with that. The letter that Michael Ring sent in 2014 says there are safety expectations placed upon promoters. Absolutely, I accept that. It does not call, does not call for regulation, does not call for standard of safety, and it does not call for any kind of meeting or any kind of congress or any kind of anything towards progression of mixed martial arts. It is a letter that I feel reads like it was sent out to 17 organizations or 17 events or whatever you want to say in order for there to be a paper trail of okay we've notified this now we've done something pushed to one side yeah if that's what it is it sounds it, it it looks like and it reads like it's just like okay as the department of sport let's let's just say let's get something out there and writing yeah but and it, um, but we're open, we, we we're open to correction if michael ring or anybody from his office or anybody from the department of sport or anything like that or sport Ireland, anybody wants to come to this podcast tell us otherwise or talk about this lads at wts pod on twitter give us a shout we're open to it um i'd like to know where the promoter like did the promoters receive the letter out of 17 I'd like to know I'd like to I'd be interested to know if how many were in actual receipt of the letter and I'd like to know how many responded I'd responded like to know or I'd like to know if any of them responded saying we'd be delighted to meet and talk to you about this yeah. and if anything came of it because that letter the, the, the one sided letter the initial contact sent doesn't actually do anything to say it was or wasn't but the other thing that doesn't help situations like this is 
the the Joe Duffy, the live line brigade. Yeah, I, I avoided it this time round. I, I I've heard snippets of it. I like I work so I didn't get to hear it when it was on live. But uh, Joe Duffy is a man who clearly does not like mixed martial arts. Fine. Joe Duffy is a man who clearly knows his show does not operate unless there is some sort of controversy or there is some sort of issue. Oh yeah, they're not silly. A hundred percent. They know what they're doing. The, the adage "if it bleeds, it leads" comes to mind. And I challenged Joe Duffy, and I'd again, anybody wants to invite Joe Duffy on this podcast for us, go ahead. Or Joe Duffy somehow manages to hear this podcast. Joe Duffy and what's and, the story? And yeah. wants to come on and defend what he does. That's fine. But at the end of the day, his opinion as a broadcaster should not trump any of the callers. And he seems to play that game. And the way he handled this, and the way he handled it in 2009 when the UFC first came to Dublin... And he handled those calls as well. It's clear that he's dismissive of it. It's clear that he doesn't like it. And that's fine. I don't care about that. But what I care about is giving people a fair chance. Or giving people the opportunity to address issues concerned and issues raised. Rather than just having this completely nonsensical crap that comes out of, oh, it's bloodthirsty. It's it's disgusting. Blah, 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 blah. If you know nothing about it, why express an opinion on it? Well, yeah, it's uh, people that are calling for it to be banned are just... They, they they don't like the sports so they're calling for it to be banned but yeah. I don't like cricket I'm not asking for cricket to be banned like someone died from cricket there Philip Hughes two years Austra- ago Australian cricketer in 2014 ball to the back of the head ball to the you know nobody called for cricket to be banned it was an no. accident Saturday night was an unfortunate accident could it could it have been prevented who knows yeah possibly I mean, but I mean the only things that we like there's no mm. no there's good rules in MMA you know what I mean there is um, there is when people are asking for it to be regulated or you know they're asking for more referee education they're asking for um, pre-health checks now the likelihood I'm not sure but I don't think there was pre-health checks on Saturday night in terms of you know yeah, I see. I don't. I don't know what the, what the full situation is, and yeah. I suppose all of that will come out over time. There is an investigation the best, pending. Yeah. But what I would say is that people who are going on about this and saying it was only a matter of time, and one person's now dead, and other people have died in the past. Yeah, absolutely, and I don't disagree with that. And I'm not saying, and I'm not trying to take away from the fact that it's a tragedy and that's wrong. It happened. What really bugs me though is that people die in sport all the time, and not once do you hear. For calls of change. Not but look at look at the um, Chris Eubank Jr. fight there two weeks ago. I mean, yeah. his opponent, I can't, for the life of me, Bramwell, I think his name was. I can't remember. But he he um, ended up in a induced coma. coma. yeah. But there was no cries for... There was It was merely sympathy cries from the press, not cries of, um, this is too dangerous, this sport's mm-hmm. too dangerous. You know, it was just sympathy, get well soon. Here's the thing, people, the most obvious comparison and the one that people always jump to is boxing. Mm. And if you want to look at boxing and we want to compare boxing safety against MMA safety, fine, let's do that, right? There is a catalogue, um, anybody can check it out, anybody can look it up, it's online, it's free to look at. It's called the Manuel Velasquez Boxing Fatality Collection. And essentially what this is, is a history of anybody who has died Due to incidents in the boxing ring. Now it does go all the way back to the 1700s. To when 
boxing had no rounds, no time limit, and it was just until one person stopped her, I said I couldn't continue. Or see, see that? That's what people think MMA is. It is, and that's they're wrong, right? But but with this boxing thing, what I'm saying is that it's you can't compare like with like with any sport, and I appreciate that. But in September, this country will flock and trip over itself to celebrate gold medals won in boxing at the Olympics. With no headgear on. This country, though, and I would argue this with most people, I've never heard of Emile Griffith and Benny Parrott. Emile Griffith killed Benny Parrott in a boxing ring. A lot of people wouldn't have heard of Ray Boom Boom Mancini killing a competitor in the ring, Korean guy uh, Kim Duk Koo, which actually on a previous podcast with Tony Hinchcliffe was referenced mm. when we had him on. They're not going to talk about Johnny Owen from Wales, who died trying to capture the Commonwealth Championship as well. Like, I mean, Hugh McIlvenny wrote a piece on that actually, uh, obviously a long time ago now, on Johnny Owen, who died due to... But, like, the point I'm trying to get at by just referencing some of these people who have died in the boxing ring is that we still celebrate when our boxers do well. Mm. Nobody's calling for boxing to be banned. Nobody's calling for that to change. It's the image of MMA. So how do you change the image of MMA? I don't think you need to change the image of MMA. I think people either need to educate themselves or just leave it alone. There has to be changes in the sense of safety and there has to be changes in the say, in the sense of regulation. Yeah. But the image of MMA, I don't I don't think that's something that has to change. I don't No, I think people I think people um what was wrong? Do make a PG? Is that what I'm no, saying? I really I don't understand pe- what you mean by that. Sorry. I think people get caught up with the whole cage, and and you know the cage is actually there for safety, though. I know, but we mean you know that. Yeah. But uh, I had lunch yesterday in work, and uh, or two days ago, whenever it was this week, and um, two of my colleagues said to me, "Oh, that's terrible about that fighter that's passed away. Mm-hmm. Surely they have to ban it now." And I was like, "Ban it?" I said, "I said that's oh, tragic. It's a terrible, terrible accident." Um, they said, "Yeah, but they have to ban it now." And I said, oh, I said "Would you, you, you? Did you not stay up for Conor McGregor's last last fight?" Yeah, yeah, but that's not that's not in a cage, though. I was like, "Excuse me." Yeah, that's for ignorance, isn't it? I was like, "That's not in a cage." I said, "How do you mean it's not in a cage?" Said, that's in a ring. Yeah, I was like, "No, that's in a cage." I said, "Look, let's not go any further in this conversation. If you weren't aware that Conor McGregor fights in a cage, this conversation can't go any further." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think people just. Like like you said about the boxing comparison, you can't just call for a a, ba- a total ban of a sport no. because of your opinion. It has to be facts. Like look at footballers as well that have passed away on on the pitch. Do you know oh, what this I mean? is it. Like I've been asking people this question because anybody I've talked to about this has made the thing of like, oh the man, it was only a matter of time, blah blah blah. And I'm like, all right, okay. How many footballers? I'm only going to the year two thousand with this, by the way. Since the year two thousand, how many people do you think have died on a football pitch? On a football pitch. On a football pitch. Soccer, by the way, not American football. 16 soccer. Sixteen years on a football pitch. Um, five to ten. Seventy-eight. Seven, eight, and that's recorded deaths. That's, and I don't include, by the way, I've been able to find one since. There was a sixteen-year-old playing for Bowes who died. I think it was last year, the year before last. Um, that's not included in this list. So you can argue seventy-nine, but I'm just going with the seventy-eight. I was able to find. That's from two thousand. That's from the year two thousand. So I mean, so people say, people say, well, no, he didn't die from 
football, but he died in a football pitch. When you say he didn't die from football, how do you mean? Because there's a different ways. Well, people, people will say that um, you know, when MMA, they're they're punching each other and they're kicking each other and they're dying from the injuries. So if someone on okay, a football pitch in, in has a heart attack. Is that not an injury related to football? It's not. I think so. I just played devil. That. I, I, I mean, think pe- so. People constantly talk about the heart being a muscle. Mm. Essentially, it's, and I'm not trying to trivialise this or dismiss it, but I'm going to make the argument of the heart is a muscle and somebody suffers a cardiac incident on a football pitch. If you want to argue an injury, it's the worst injury you could have. Mm. But my point would be, yes, I understand that in football you're not going out to potentially try and knock out your opponent. But that's a byproduct. There are there are 150 million ways to win in MMA. Take Damian Maya for example. Mm-hmm. He's an MMA fighter, a very very successful one, who openly says, "I don't like to strike guys because I don't like to hurt them. That's why I'd rather grapple and try submit them." Submit them, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I dismiss that argument straight away. But like the footballer thing, if you look at it, like Phil O'Donnell, Motherwell player. So we're not talking, by the way, about you know pissant divisions in the third world. We're not talking about non-league football. We're, we're talking everything inclusively of, you know, fifth division in Paraguay. Right the up same to comparison to the poor fella last week. Exactly, because that's what we're trying to do. Mark Vivian Foe. Yeah. Foe. That's probably the most high profile one of people now. And that was, what, 13 years ago? See, people didn't call for a ban of football, but they, they they sought um, some more safety regulations with defibrillators, even yeah. with Fabrice Mamamba when he took the heart attack on the pitch. Exactly. You know, they they brought defibrillators then pitch side in Premier League games. <coughs> but it's not going to be in all football pitches. No, it's not. But I mean, but what I'm saying to you, though, is that there are so many different... Motorsport. <laughs> motorsport being it, but just to stick with the football one again, like because I, I really want to emphasise the point that if you want to call for a ban in sport, you really need to question everything. If you want to call for a ban on a particular sport because one person died, you need to question absolutely everything. Mm. The, the football, you know what I mean? Like, a Benfica player died. Uh, Mark Mikas Ferreira, I think was his name. Um, Sergei Perukin for CSK Moscow. Antonio Puerta for Sevilla. These are all high-profile clubs. These are all top, which you would argue would have the best medical staff, which you would argue would have the best doctors available. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you want to talk about doctors being available in the sport, you want to talk about a medical thing at the ready and all that kind of stuff. A fully regulated sport with proper medical practices and they're still passing away. Exactly. And these aren't all cardiac incidents, by the way. Some of these were collisions of heads. Mm. In, in, In two cases, a football match was played and lightning struck two players and they died. I can't remember the names, but you know what I mean? Like, mm. anything can happen is what I'm saying. But And yeah, you're dead right, bring up motorsport. Did anybody call for the ban of motorsport when and Senna died? No, just regulation and safety. Better safety standards, exactly. Tony Dunlop, Ireland's own Tony Dunlop. Jo- Joey Dunlop. Joey Dunlop. <laughs> Joey Dunlop, yeah. Another one, uh, famous TT racer, bike racer. Mark, Marco Simoncelli, a MotoGP rider who died a couple of years ago as well. Yeah. Yeah, sure, there should be changes to safety, and safety always has to be looked at and always has to evolve. As technology evolves, as technique evolves, everything like that has to evolve with it. Safety always has to be paramount to any athlete. Especially with the growth of MMA now as well, they're going to have to step in and regulate it. I mean, 100%. And by regulation, that'll, that'll mean more, as I said previously, you know, referee education. When is a referee supposed to stop a fight? Because I watched the fight in question last week. I haven't watched it myself purely because I wanted to be able to talk about it tonight. As I said, we were supposed to have Pete Carroll here. Um, the, the birth of his niece meant he couldn't make it, which, which is fine. Um, 
but I would have presumed that you and PC would have watched it and I just wanted to not watch it so that if we did talk about it, questions yeah. could be asked from I, that I, point of view. I watched it um, Sunday morning um, and there was moments in the fight where I was thinking, could the ref have stopped it? But I get that. I, I think like that watching UFC, which is f- fully regulated. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I suppose if it was regulated... Um, pre pre medical checks might have been able to kind of he might have you know some fighters they always they all want to fight like if they're, if they're going to try and hide something you know Charles Sonnen always says you know if you have a sprained wrist or a hurt elbow you're still going to make the fight you're still going to make the yeah. dance um, so I mean this guy last week um answered all the type of questions I suppose that that they're asked and he passed them he was a good way of hiding possibly some injuries but if you're fighting anyone can tell you any fighter will tell you they're not gonna they're not gonna give up you know what I mean if they're Uh, still standing and this uh, this is where safety needs to be looked at and this is where perhaps and I don't want to put onus on the referee I don't know if it was an early stoppage or it should have been stopped earlier, rather. I, I don't know if it was a late stoppage. I don't know if the ref could have done more. Um, but what I do think is that, perhaps, and I'm not saying this is the case in this event, I'm just saying the corner men have to be willing to throw in the towel as well. Mm-hmm. Because a fighter spirit is going to be, I'm not giving up, I'm not giving up. Exactly, that was my point, yeah. But if a corner man can recognise this guy is in danger, throw the towel in. Yeah, he'll be sulky with you for a day but or see, two. But the thing is, I didn't feel that was necessary watching this fight. Oh, because no, I'm not saying that should have happened because, like I said, I haven't oh, seen Oh, you haven't watched it yet. But you're saying, saying in, in, yeah. There should be that mentality of a corner man that, you know, if they feel that their their fighter safety is at risk, being yeah. male or female, they should be able to say. There was never moments you know, of that in this fight. I know you're using an example. But I'm just saying, I haven't watched the f- fight. Um, there was never any moments in the fight um where i thought there was uh, there was one or two kind of um tagging you know like yeah charlie ward tagged him and he fell to the ground but at the same time a minute later he got back up and he had a good bit of flurry a good flurry of his own yeah you know he had a good bit of offense of his own you know which would indicate okay this guy's okay Mm. i just think it's an unfortunate accident well 100 percent it is um and I, again, I really do want to emphasize that we're both saying that, yeah, regulation has to come in and safety standards may have to improve. And I'm not trying to, to, to in any way dismiss the opinions of people who say this isn't right because I agree with you, it's not right. But what I'm trying to say is that those who are calling for a blanket ban and those who are trying to play the I told you so card should really take a look at themselves. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like at the end of the day, a 28-year-old man has lost his life. like, And that's... Uh, it's an uneasy thing for anybody, as, as not just as a fan of the sport, but for the competitors, for the referees, for the guys who were involved in the back, for the medical staff who were on duty that night. And there were medical staff on duty that night. That's the people, I've heard some people say, there weren't even doctors there. There were doctors there. There were doctors there. You know, and this is where, like you were saying, that he responded to the checks fine. He, he walked into the back fine, and i seen it. He it fell ill after 20 minutes. Yeah, he was in the back. He was in the back, and it was 20 minutes after that that the symptoms started to develop. My thing would be maybe 
because this is one of the things that rugby has started to develop as well is that you take the decision making process out of the hands of the athlete concussion is a huge problem in rugby We've talked I was going to say we just did we didn't really we picked on a lot of sports but rugby as well yeah. like you know a tackle in rugby is not called a tackle anymore it's called it's a hit um, <laughs> and rugby is an extremely violent sport <laughs> I love rugby I'm a season ticket holder with Leinster I go to as many Ireland games as I can I travel to see rugby and even I recognise the violence and the danger that's in it but they have now and we've talked about it before these head injury assessment things where if there's suspected concussion player is removed from the game for 10 minutes and they go through this protocol I don't know is it a case fair enough fans may not like it because it might disrupt the flow of the fight but in between rounds if a doctor suspects it why not say we need to do a head HIA a head injury assessment here mm. and if the doctor deems that the fighter has been concussed or the doctor deems that he's not fit to continue it gets waved off mm. is, is that something that I'm just that's off the top of my head yeah it's not ideal, I know. It should be kind of whatever, a minute to 90 seconds in between rounds so that you're not getting a bigger rest and all that kind of stuff. But if that's one way potentially of... Regulating it or... Because ultimately... Like, ultimately, look... We're saying all this while there's an investigation pending. We don't know what the outcome of that is going to be. We don't know if this guy had a pre-existing condition. We don't know if it's due to head trauma. We don't know what the exact circumstances are. It's, it's tragic no matter what circumstances are but if we're looking at head trauma and we're going to look at rugby for example I talked about for a kid I think he was only like 14 or 15 from Belfast Benjamin Robinson who died from second impact syndrome essentially suffered one concussion it wasn't recognised he continued to play on told everyone he was fine played on had a second hit collapsed dead teenager Ruby's you know? not going to get banned though. Um, you, no, won't Ruby's even not hear, you won't even hear cries of ban. No, of course not. Ruby. And the people, what I'm finding as well is though, you know, people who are calling for the ban of MMA and people who are saying that it's nothing but a blood sport and blah, 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 they're already sending their kids to rugby schools. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not but, saying. But I'm people not, are saying as well, like, oh, well, why would you want your kids doing MMA? They don't, the kids don't do MMA. Like, no. they, they do a martial art. And then eventually, and then when they're an adult, they can come up to their own kind of conclusion. Yeah, look, well, look, do I want to do this as a as are, a as a job? There aren't MMA classes for children. You know what I mean? Like as far as like you can take jujitsu and sparring and all. Oh that yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mean that. I mean, I mean getting into the cage. Yeah, I was going to say that nobody's watching two thirteen-year-olds exactly going full pelt at one another. <laughs> yeah, like, even I mean, like this podcast went to the junior takeover, a Muay Thai event for junior Muay Thai fighters and the safety standards of that were good as well I mean mm. it's not you know the kids are padded the kids are looked at like I don't to be honest, I'm, not, I'm not even sure where I'm trying to go with that point what, what I'm trying to get at that was that the people who are calling for all these things for this to be a blanket ban have no problem with all the other sport like I mean people run marathons every year and people die running oh, yeah. these marathons like I mean there's the three deaths in the double marathon hasn't there in the last couple of years, yeah. yeah, 2006, 2013, 2015, there were definitely deaths in those three years. I'm sure there's been more of them, but there you go. I mean, people run a marathon and they drop dead. And nobody's calling for marathons to stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody's calling for the Tour de France to stop. You know what I mean? A couple of weeks ago, there was, uh, was it two weeks ago, a uh, uh, Belgian cyclist killed. A cameraman or something, was it? You know what I mean? Like, was it by a cameraman? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think th- there, was, there was a collision or an accident, but like... You know what I mean? Two thousand and three, a guy on the tour from Paris to Nice 
crashed, wasn't wearing a helmet, and that's what brought in mandatory helmet wearing in cycling. What happened? There was an incident, a tragic incident. They reviewed the rules and decided, you know what? Everybody's wearing helmets from now on. Mm. I mean, they've taken the headgear away from uh, amateur boxing now because they felt that the headgear was actually causing more damage. Yeah, um, you know, like, even not looking at head injuries in rugby, let's just look at other injuries in rugby. Tragic case of Stuart Mangan. Uh, seven, eight, maybe nine years ago now. Jesus, whatever it was. Suffered a spinal injury on the pitch, um, completely paralysed him. A year later, he was dead because his body just could not function anymore. Like tragic case, you know what I mean? Like, what, I, what I found startling as well from that interview with Minister Ring on off the ball was that um, was it, it was conducted by Joe, wasn't it? Joe Malloy. Joe Malloy, who I have a lot of time for. I actually, think yeah. Joe Malloy is a very, very good. Uh, he's very good because he's not a huge fan of MMA. So he was kind of questioning him down the line, you know. Yeah. And um, so he was saying, minister was the, the minister was saying, look, I don't see it having a future, or it's going to be regulated. And Joe was like, well, th- Mister Ring, that's that's crazy because you're only saying that um, Conor McGregor deserved a civic reception and that you hope that he fights one day in Crow Park. So how can you backtrack now? You know, it's it's just political point scoring. I feel. Yeah, I mean, but then the next day he came out and was like, "It needs to be regulated." It's almost like yeah, because the reaction or something like that mightn't have been too. People will always too good from people will always be very reactive, but they're very lazy about being proactive. I find, mm. and with something like this, it's very easy to be reactive, and it's very easy to say, "Oh, he said this, and I said that, and look at this, and look at that." But what did you do to fix the problem? Have you seen it coming? What did you do to fix it, Minister? Mm. If you seen this, you said, I knew it was only a matter of time. What did you do to fix this? Because that letter you sent to all those organisations back in 2014, it's nothing. You didn't. That isn't asking to fix something. That's saying, I expect there to be safety. Big swinging Mickey, I expect to go on the M50 every day without a crash, but there's a fucking crash on it. I'm not, you know what I mean? What am I doing to improve safety? Nothing. Mm. Sending a letter to people doesn't, do anything and it really frustrates me that he's trying to say this like it really really bothers me and it annoys me then that that's a sound boy yeah he's point scoring when somebody has died like rather than saying let's all get in a room and fix this it has to be done mma isn't going away it's not going to be banned let's just put that straight out there it's, it's not, not going, going to be, be banned, banned no i'll be you know shocked I mean? if it's banned it's not going it'd to be. be embarrassing if it was banned <laughs> yeah, I suppose I'm sitting there going it's not going to be but let's be honest Ireland have done strange things yeah it'll be embarrassing if it's banned you know um, I don't know I feel I, I feel very frustrated about this I feel well uh, Wednesday morning um, got up and put on Ireland AM and their question to their viewers that morning was should MMA be banned ridiculous like, like, come on like you know what I mean like the you're not asking I'd like like the examples we gave Ireland AM on TV3 who signed a deal to show UFC, UFC events and they're asking their, their their viewers should it be banned but like the examples we used in previous sports they're not asking for those to be banned of course not like you of know, course not, not. you know what I mean like it just it really really annoying like we said as well you don't like a sport that's fine You don't. it doesn't mean that should be banned I'm not going to go around to Minister Ring or Joe Duffy's house and ask them lads do you want to watch the UFC with me tonight <laughs> I know they don't like it and that's fine but because of one incident 
The minister would like uh, a photo op, though, wouldn't he? Of course he would. You can, yeah, as well. I was going to say, yeah, you can guarantee it. That a couple of months ago, when Connor came along and said, all right, minister, I'd like to support your campaign for the election. Hell, you pose me for the belt a bit, and I'll do a little tour of my own. I'm glad if Connor did that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you can be guaranteed he wouldn't have torn down Connor McGregor's support saying, vote for Minister Ring. Yeah. You know what I mean? Thankfully, Connor didn't do that. And he won't. <laughs> but yeah, look, I mean, look, there, there's a hundred more people who are better to talk about this kind of thing than I am. hundred more people, and I'm sure they have already said or they will continue to say things that, or make, that I am. That make far more sense than what has came out of my mouth. And that would be 100% more articulated, 100%, you know, better equipped to put points forward. I'm talking about this as a fan. I'm talking about this as somebody who goes to MMA, who enjoys watching MMA, who does believe it's a sport. You know, I'm talking about this as somebody who is booked to go to Vegas for UFC 200. And should I get tickets in two weeks' time, will be at UFC 200. I'm talking about this as somebody who really, really, really likes MMA. I just don't think it's right that the people who don't like MMA are out there point scoring and playing politics mm. and being absolute shits when somebody has lost their life in a tragic circumstance. I was saying to one of the lads the other night, it was easier, it was easier being an MMA fan in this country <laughs> pre Conor McGregor because <laughs> you could just put your head, you could just watch a fight without but, anyone questioning. Uh, man, I feel sorry. So for I just him. put put me head in the head in the sand. I feel sorry for him with all this as well. Yeah, well, he was there. He was there. And, and uh, the throwaway comment that he's made um, is making, uh, Conor McGregor said fight should have been stopped. No, he didn't. He just had a throwaway comment and said it could have been stopped. Yeah. Like many fights. Well, it's not only that as you, well. You, I think, if you're uh, going to say that, look at the um, Carl Pendred, Mike King fight from UFC Dublin in 2014. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, you could argue Carl Pendred should have been stopped three times three in that times. fight. He came back and won. You know, Do you know he gets uh, praise for win- coming back and winning. So it's ridiculous. He was some of the tabloids used his name as a lot just to sell, just for the click, just for yeah, yeah. selling Conor McGregor's buddy, stable well, me. <laughs> Conor said the ref should have stopped it. One of the things that annoyed me, the Independent ran a story. Where they were like, um, MMA, this before news had, had, had broke that, that Carvalho had died. It was like, um, Conor McGregor watches on in cheers as a teammate hospitalizes. You're joking me. Something like that. And then the photos they used in, which were clearly like, this is so bad. This is, uh, and I'm speaking as this as somebody who's, who, who has seen so bad in an action in a newsroom and watched why and how they do this. They put a photo of Conor McGregor laughing at the event right beside a photo of a downed Carvalho with Charlie Ward punching him. Ground and pound. Which indicates, look at Conor McGregor laughing at this guy getting punched As in the head. As if he knew he was dying. When I can guarantee you that Conor McGregor photo was taken at a completely separate time. I'd put money on it because there's no way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just... But that's the, a sore better will look at that and say, that's that's, that's, what, the image, that's what's going to sell. That's the image you want people to see. And that's that's wrong. That's Conor McGregor wasn't fighting that night. He should have, like It shouldn't be about him. No. Ultimately, this should be about a tragic case. Well, ultimately, it shouldn't be. Ultimately, it should have been about an event that went well and that fighters got paid and people went home to their families. Unfortunately, we have an incident where one didn't. And it should be about respecting him, paying tribute to him, and recognising that things need to change. But need to change in an evolutionary sense. Yeah, and exactly. not change in a sense of... Banning it. 
let's sweep it under the rug so that it goes underground and it gets worse. That's going back to kind of bare knuckle kind of days, isn't it? Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> this is like, it's, it's drained me almost, mm. this has, like, you know what I mean? Because you know, we spent the last few days, like, researching, talking about it, you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. And then. It was bizarre, though, because you had, um, you had one neur- neurologist from Tallet. And he was from Tala Hospital, and he's saying, yes, he's seen an increase of injuries because of M- directly because of MMA going through his hospital, and it should be banned. Yeah. Then you had another neurologist from the Matter Hospital saying he hasn't seen any injuries, there hasn't been an increase in injuries because of MMA, and it shouldn't be banned. So it's, it's just people's opinions, like. You know what the problem with opinions is, don't you? Too many of them? No, they're like arseholes. Everybody has one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... But it's it it is opinion. There's no like like look. I don't want to be repeating ourselves, but to ban one sport, you have to ban the rest of them for the same circumstances. Yep. Ultimately, you do. Like, so I mean, you can't. You can't. You just can't. There's nobody calling for the ban of GAA when a 14 year old girl collapsed on a pitch in Wexford and died. Mm. You know what I mean? Nobody's calling for the ban of that, and they shouldn't. They're right, but what they need to look at is. How do we? Are, how does it not happen again? Exactly. How how do we stop this from happening again? Or how do we do as much as we possibly can? Because it's always going to be freak accidents, like we referenced earlier on. Two footballers killed on the pitch because lightning struck. Cricket oh, should be banned, though. Cricket should be banned. It's not That's sport. my opinion. And this whole debate of it not being a sport. That oh, we're not. Let's not get into that. Look, I don't think darts is a sport, but I don't go around saying it should be banned or whatever. I don't go around saying darts, darts is a sport. Of course, it is. <laughs> Um, look, it's my opinion. <laughs> not, no, but no, but you know what I mean. Like this is what I'm trying to get care. at. That, that, like, just because you don't think it's a sport doesn't mean it's not a sport. Mm. Like, in my opinion, darts is barely an activity. But, but like, I wouldn't go on. I wouldn't recommend going on um, any of the the threads or the boards where people are calling for it to be banned because you would just frustrate the shit out of yourself. Man. It's so frustrating. No, I, w- I, d- I don't like this. Like, I'm looking that we have an outlet. That we can do this in, mm. in a podcast, and we're looking at we can vent. That we can, we can, and maybe this has been a little bit of a vent. This chapter, and we're starting normally we try to be lighthearted and cheery, but I suppose, as I was saying, we're both big fans of MMA, and it didn't feel right to. But see, the thing is, as well, that kind of annoys me is that when an established kind of journalist or whatever um, puts out a, an opinion piece saying that it should be banned, and then when you have MMA fans being reactionary. And kind of saying, don't be silly. And the journalist will turn around and say, oh, God, MMA fans are so defensive. But no, imagine he said football should be banned. Look, journalism isn't journalism anymore. Journalism has turned into, how many clicks can I get? Mm. So what do I need to get a click? I need an attention-grabbing headline. And I need an opening two paragraphs that are going to either make them very angry or make them say, this guy is right and I agree. True anger. It has to be a motive. And the best emotion to get people to either respond or alongside you is anger. Anger and fear are the two most powerful. Mm. And in this case, it's been anger because it's either frustration, like what we've got at the bullshit that's coming out, or it's people who hate MMA and have decided this is their opportunity. Either way... <laughs> just clickbait it's not real yeah. journalism no but my, my point is that the journal um, if a couple of let's say a journalist tweets out their article their opinion piece about MMA should be banned blood sport 
you shouldn't uh, there there should be no purpose to wanting to damage your opponent blah 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 let's say you just put that out <coughs> and then 10 15 minutes later you've got hundreds of tweets of people defending the sport then the MMA fan is accused of being sensitive yeah do you know do you get me it's like they're allowed to defend their sport like if if you were calling for a f- for football to be banned or rugby to be banned, you're going to get a reaction. Yeah, no. <sighs> Your argument isn't better because you're telling MMA fans that they're sensitive. That yeah. doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, argument. Not right. But look, we we've talked enough about the negative and all this. But what we have to remember is that MMA has done a lot of good for oh, people yeah. as well. And what we have to remember is that there are a huge amount of positives that have come from it. You know what I mean? My and little cousin started kickboxing there recently. Yeah. And I said, geez, I didn't know I was bringing him to a Shamrock Rovers match. And I said, I didn't know you joined kickboxing. How come? He goes, um, just what was just to keep me off the streets? <laughs> He's 11. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so no, that's the positive he's living life but I was going to say but for some people that is the difference you hear about it in boxing you hear about it in any sort of martial art that you know people who were wayward or people who were facing huge adversity they found something in martial arts or they found something in combat sports that wasn't there Ronda Rousey is an Olympic example Olympic bronze medalist came home to the Olympics and found there was nothing for her she was living in a car Living in her fucking car. Drinking and An Olympian. Smoking Potsky. So people want to talk about martial arts and how mixed martial arts is actually a bastardized version of all martial arts. Let's just look at that for a second, (laughs) shall we? (laughs) Bastardized. Well, let's let's just rein that in for a second, yeah? An Olympic judoko in Ronda Rousey came home with an Olympic medal and found absolutely nothing. Mm. Yet... She went and started mixed martial arts, and is now arguably one of the biggest female stars on the planet. A juggernaut, an absolute juggernaut. Do you know what I mean? She was there this week for the signing of the bill for MMA. The MMA got passed through officially this week for New York. For New York, and November she was there. November twelfth, Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. the most famous arena in the world. Yep, you know. Um, so Tom McGurk can no longer say. Um, Sure, it's it's illegal in a load of states in America. That's true. Tom McGurk's not a kibosta. Tom, it's legal everywhere, Tom. Tom, you're welcome on the show if you wish to refute that. <laughs> Cabbage. Um, you know, like uh, you were saying about the positive side sorry, of the things. positives in it. You know what I mean? Look at the like. People have talked about how good it is for their mental health. Mm. People have talked about the positive impact that it's had on many aspects of it, like health and fitness alone. The, the positives are there. Discipline, the positives are there. Social interaction for people who probably would have had known, the positives are there. Weight loss. Weight loss, the positives are there. For some people who are fortunate enough to go on and compete at the higher levels, they're talking life-changing. You know what I mean? The king. Conor McGregor being the prime example of that. Cahill Pendred said it himself, you know, one fight in that octagon can change your life. Mm. Absolutely can. Yeah, he got a bonus. You know? And people are going to... two bonuses. People who are going to sit there and go, yeah, one point now can change your life, it can also end your life. I'm not talking about that. What I'm saying to you is that's one example you've got whereas there are thousands upon thousands of positive examples of how it changed life for the better. Yeah. 
look. And let's just say as well, last Saturday night, um, around the world, how many MMA fights would you say there were? Yeah, exactly. Taking place around the world. Sure, on Sunday night alone, there was UFC in Zagreb. Mm-hmm. Went off without a hitch. Mm. wasn't a great card, it was a bit boring, if I'm being honest with you, but that's besides the point. Yeah, you know what the, I mean? the point is that I wonder how many fights took place last weekend around the world. Yeah, you know, and I just, I know the furore and the, 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 the hype, the negative hype rather, and I know the all reaction. The reaction will abate, because it always does. The, you know, the first cut is the deepest as the song goes. Mm. But, I don't want it to go away. I want there to be a huge amount of talk about this until we get what's needed in the form of regulated, recognised, and properly. Has equipped. to be talked about, yeah. You know what I mean? Don't let the conversation go away, but have it in a constructive environment and don't just be a dismissive arsehole because you don't agree with something. How do you see it, like, say, uh, how do you see it panning out, like, or how how could it work? For example, you know, there's League of Ireland football clubs and their governing bodies, the FEI. Basketball clubs, their governing bodies, Basketball Ireland. How could it work in Ireland, like? In, in what sense? In terms of, in order to be regulated by Sport Ireland or to be funded by Sport Ireland, you have to follow that umbrella. You have to have, the clubs have to yeah, be signed to up to a, a governing body. body. So I, I, I'm just wondering well, how would that work like? Well, well the closest thing... So SVG I mean, would be part of a governing body. Team Rhino would be part of a governing okay, body. Okay, well, the, the closest thing Ireland has to a governing body over MMA at the moment is what? The IAPA? Yeah. That's the pancreatic. Yeah. I guess what people need to do who are involved in the sport, and I'm saying this as somebody who is not involved, somebody who's from the outside looking in, Somebody who's just a fan. I don't know what the ins and outs are. I don't know what the politics are. I don't know what the history is. For me, quite simply, they need to get in a room and put the foundations together. Meet with Sports Council Ireland or the Sport Ireland, whatever it's called these days, and say, look, we're willing to come together. We'll organise that. We'll get a governing body. Fair enough. We'll do what has to be done to get that done. But we want recognition. We want regulation. We want standards. It's mad because, like in America, you don't have to have that because in America, just each state has an athletic commission that would regulate. Yeah. So just it should just be a, a commission of Ireland. It'd be so much easier, you know. What I mean, yeah. like it would, but like I can I can understand a lot of the frustration that's involved with it because you're sitting there and you're kind of saying like we've known this sport is the fastest growing sport in the world for a number of years. We've seen a bubble. We've seen a huge surge in people. Who are taking this up. We've seen people on mats every week. In gyms like SBG. In gyms like Rhino. Anywhere and everywhere. We've seen MMA gyms opening. You know what I mean? East Coast Jiu Jitsu has gone through the roof. They've opened a second play, yeah. uh, shop in, in, in Bray. You know? Like we've seen the rise of all this. And yet. Here we are talking about something still not being regulated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is what I'm saying about people being reactive and not proactive. There has to be at least someone out there who's willing to go, you know what, right, fine, look, let's start making the calls. Let's get people in a room and let's see what does it take to get this, this done. Yeah. And get it done. Agree. You know what I mean? The I think it will be done. I think it's a matter of time now. <laughs> I, I'd wonder, it's, it's I'd wonder in the back. I wonder if the background. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I wonder in the back 
uh, the background of things, you know, was has the minister had discussions with, I don't know, say John Kavanagh or has John Tracy, like, have they ever come close to regulating it? Because the minister can't, or could he, can he say that February 2014, that letter was the only communication he's ha- ever had with MMA organisations? Like, why not? It'd be interesting to see if that was the only communication he had, given the Ferrara with Conor winning all his fights that he won yeah. and the, success the reaction, the success. Did he reach out to anyone? You know, it'd be interesting to see if he did. I would be highly surprised. and I'd be highly surprised given his performance on off the ball. Because it looks stupid. Because imagine John Cavanaugh listening to that. Yeah. And then John Cameron's like, I must have been talking to him six months ago. I would be highly surprised if John Tracy, our minister, sorry, acting minister. Acting, yeah. <laughs> acting. It's going to leave that word hanging for a second. Acting minister. If either of them had never had a meeting with, or had never spoke to. I've already talked about that letter. Things and nonsense. I think it. It was for the sake of it. It doesn't feel like there was that. Like I said, there's no call to action there. There's no call to follow up. There's no ownership. There's no nothing. It's literally just. I don't. I, I'd Ticking expect, the boxes. I'd expect standards. Well done. We all do. You know what I mean. Congratulations on that. But I'd be amazed if there had never been interactions between, you know, high-profile people in MMA in Ireland, and. People like John Tracy and people mm. like Minister Ring. I'd be very, very, very surprised if there was never nothing, I have to say. I'd have to agree, yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel... Yeah. We're trying now. It's been a f- it's funny yeah. chapter. It hasn't been our usual chapter, and I do apologise for that, but, you know... Uh, we had to talk about it because we're... Being MMA fans, yeah, it'd be a bit silly not to... A few people had said, are you going to talk about it? I suppose we had to, and... As I said, we did try to have people on. It didn't work out. Fair enough. Um, I guess... Um, I don't know. Our, our opinions don't really count for a whole lot, I suppose. But no. that's... For what it's worth, that's where we're at with this. Um, yeah, like, I don't even know where, where to go with it, if I'm being honest. Like, I mean... Think about the poor lad now who has to... The, yeah, look, I mean, there is a GoFundMe page set up as well, mm. actually, to help his family. We should point that out. Um... You know, if you just Google Joe Carvalho, you'll see it on any of the yeah, like. I mean, it's it's fighter pages or whatever. And look, I mean, even that in a sense is a good news story in the sense that people recognise it and straight away MMA fans because it was MMA fans who set that up. Yeah. It wasn't any of these naysayers and these people calling for a ban and who were so concerned that they didn't think it even this to shit bags. It was MMA fans who ultimately said, "You know what? Let's let's try and help them out a bit." Um yeah, if it was the case that what anything we've said tonight, you're kind of saying I didn't, I don't believe that. I'm not sure about that. You can look it up, lads. Like everything is there. Um, the boxing thing, as I said, it's the Manuel Velasquez boxing fatality collection. There's a spreadsheet available. The guys who put it together as well have written for sports medicine journals, all sorts of things like that. It's proper research, just for what it's worth. In the year 2007. Hasn't been updated since then, by the way, because that's how big this thing is. They don't have time to do it anymore. But uh, in the year 2007, um, 
the number of deaths from incidents in a boxing ring. Now, granted, this is over 200 years worth of data. Like yeah. 938. 938. That's frightening. Nobody's calling for boxing to be random. Well, some weirdos there. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what I'm saying to you is, we're going to celebrate Katie Taylor winning gold, as we should, and we're going to celebrate Mick Conlon winning gold, as we should, but nobody's going to call for the banner boxing, Eddie. Not in Ireland, anyway. I just... Uh, hypocrisy annoys me. Yeah. 938 dead boxers, 78 dead footballers, two dead rugby players. A rugby league player, James Ackerman, died as well, actually. Injury sustained on a rugby pitch just last year. I don't see any calls for any of them being banned. I can't wait for next week to are back in good form. <laughs> yeah, it's because you sound very upset. <laughs> like, I just... <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's sad that this guy died, but it's also sad that people are using it. For in, their... In this way, like... Yeah, I know, I get you. It's been a heavy chapter. I'm sorry, lads. <laughs> Thankfully, that's all we've got time for this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I wish PT was here to rein me in. Yeah. Would have been, been great. we get PT back in the future. Yeah, 100% we will. Um, he's worth having. Maybe we'll, we'll talk to him a lot about good MMA stories. Um, road stories. We, uh, into a lot of by the time we get him on the next time, we might be, we might be regulated sport. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Um, next, we week, next week will be a good one. We've got a light-hearted one. Pretty yeah. entertaining blow coming off his next week. You'll learn more about that then. If his um, sister doesn't have a baby. <laughs> don't even know if he has a sister. Sorry, PZ. Sorry, boy, boyfriends. Or, not boy, I can't even talk. Sisters. But what What was it? Was it his brother's girlfriend? Yeah, his brother's girlfriend. PZ's brother's girlfriend had a baby. So Na- yeah. His new niece, little Lucy. Little Lucy. Congratulations. Congratulations to the entire Carl family there. Yeah. Graymo. It's been emotional. It has been. If people want to follow you on the Twitter and whatnot, where can they get you? At Merrigamania everywhere. At Merrigamania everywhere. Um, I'm normally more upbeat, and if you don't believe me, you can check out at Dan Joe Murray for proof. Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and these, these podcasts are normally a lot more entertaining and not as downbeat, and if you don't believe me, you can check out This proof. is our reaction piece to the week's news. Yeah, man, it's heavy. We're never doing news again. <laughs> <laughs> um you can check out iTunes, you can check out Stitcher, you can check out Podbean, Podcast Addict, Podcast Republic, anywhere and everywhere that there is a podcast, check out WTS Pod, and we'll be there. Hit subscribe, hit rate, hit review, whatever you want to call it. Leave a comment, let us know what you think. Follow us on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash WTS Pod Ireland. Leave us a comment there. Send us notes, we don't care, whatever the case may be. It's all good, isn't Spread it? the love. Yeah, that's actually, that's a good one to end on. Spread love, not hate. Etc. Etc. We'll be coming to you as always from Fitzpatrick's Castle Hotel. You can check out FitzpatrickCastle.com. Um, I'm going into the dungeon now to get myself a dessert and fill myself up with sugar to, to cheer myself up. <laughs> Hashtag don't tell Lindsay. Hashtag don't tell Lindsay Doyle. Um, yeah, Lindsay, we might get Lindsay on soon again. She hasn't been here in a while and a few people have asked for her. So we might have a word and say, here, come on, get the band back together for one night <laughs> yeah, only. Yeah, one night only. But look, lads, um, R.I.P. Joe Carvalho. Best wishes to his family and all that. And look, it's it's not nice what's happened, but all we can do is get better uh, and let the sport evolve and let safety evolve and all that kind of thing, I suppose. But look, that's it for most this week. So, Graham, until next week. Good luck. Good night. God bless.